Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of your day you're in. I appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, thank you very much for that. Y'all help it continue to grow, and hopefully it helps y'all. And... uh, Helps our country just a little bit. We're going to go for one of our little walks. I have one puppy dog. It's going to come down the dirt road, I think. And, and that's about it. Birds are out in the background, but they're headed the opposite direction, which considering how loud the guineas are, may be a good thing. Continues to be oppressively hot and extremely dry. Trying to water the sweet potatoes in the garden, which like heat, but even they are struggling quite a bit, as is everything else it seems, animals, plants, crops, etc. Hopefully, wherever y'all are, you're managing to survive, or maybe even more, not suffering under the heat and dryness. All right, we'll get going. We're going to, something came in the news, two stories hit within the last week, and I've been thinking about this podcast since then, working on it a little here and there. It's a podcast that's probably going to fire a few of y'all up, which is fine. Uh, you're definitely, you're not ever going to agree with everything I say here, and uh, and that's okay. I would venture to guess as I've said before in this podcast, that there are no two people in the entire world that are going to agree on every single thing. And I'm going to make some mistakes. I hope that this is not one of them. I do not think it is, or I wouldn't wouldn't put this out there. But, but I am going to make some mistakes. And as I've said before, uh, I'm not the perfect guy. I can point you to him. There's just one of him, uh, but I'm not him. So... We'll get going. See how we survive this. So these two stories, I, I toyed with how to start this and how to go through it. And, and I really don't know how else to start except what has feminism brought us? What has it wrought? What changes has it brought about in the country that have either helped or hurt women in particular, or our nation really more so as a whole? Are we better off now as a nation, families, marriages, strength of country, based on this than we were 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago? And I'm going to talk about these two stories at the end because I feel like they are a perfect example of this path that we have been on. But I'm going to mention just a few things kind of briefly, and and some of it we won't be able to to talk on as much as we should just because of the length of the podcast today. Uh, One of them that's always a, a huge deal personally to me because of how much I love the Marine Corps and the military 
is the military, women in the military. Uh, And this has been a hot topic for really decades. And we're going to come back because that's a much longer topic. And as I said, it's a big deal to me personally and hit that uh, later on. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but we'll come back to it. But, you know, just if you're really if you're honest and some of y'all I've had a conversation with privately and some of y'all who happen to be female and work in some really demanding fields have even have even acknowledged this and talked about how you've seen it. And that is men and women are just, we're different. We're built differently. And and anybody that's honest will admit that. And if they're not willing to admit that folks, if you start a conversation or somebody comes up to start a conversation with you and they won't admit that just to start with, then there's really no reason to have a conversation with them because they're not being honest. We're different physically, right? Uh, I mean, just you ought to be able to at least openly acknowledge, despite what Disney and Marvel comic try to and everybody else in Hollywood apparently tries to promote today. You're not going to have a 130 pound woman walk up and just beat down a 240 pound athletic strong man. It's just it's just not going to happen, folks. That's not realistic, despite what. TV and, and culture today try and say. And, and and that's just one facet of all this, right? But but so men across the board, stronger, faster, quicker, that's just the way it is. And, and you, there was, a, I played tennis. Uh, for those of y'all, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on podcast. I played tennis in college. It was a D1 school, a very small school, uh, but uh, the reason I say that is because, so I've, I've watched a lot of tennis over the years, um, was not always a fan of the Williams sisters, but there was a clip that came along recently. It's, it's hard to argue that they weren't a couple of the best tennis players over the last, I don't know, geez, probably 30 or 40 years as far as, a, as, a, as females go. And uh, one of them, I can't remember which one, folks, it's a clip out there. You can go find it and watch it. It was on a late night talk show. And, and the host asked about, well, you know, women in sports, equality, you know, would you play against men? And, and the this sister, arguably one of the best female tennis players over the last half century, said, absolutely not. There's no way. She said, I wouldn't last on a court. You're just men and women are different. And, and that was kind of shockingly refreshing, especially coming from one of them. Because if you know anything about tennis, their attitude on a tennis court, it was not exactly uh, ladylike shall we say, uh, it is supposed to be a gentleman and lady sport. So if y'all play tennis, you get that. If you don't, don't worry about it. But uh, so there's there's physical differences, right? And, uh, and in the military, right, just straight off the bat, the physical tests are not the same. Now, the Army is actually under a lot of fire right now. If you go and look up, you can look up uh, Tom Cotton, who's a representative. And there was a pretty interesting little article for heritage foundation called America's army equitable, but not combat ready. They're trying to go to these general neutral standards, right? But what they're having to do in order to get gender neutral standards, and you can see this across multiple branches. I'm, I'm not picking on the army, uh, the Marine Corps, my beloved Marine Corps is doing the same thing. Uh, you can go out there and look for it, but what they're doing is they're consistently lowering the standards because when they try and implement these quote unquote gender neutral standards, you find shockingly the men are able to complete them 
and the vast majority of women are not. Right. So, but that kind of that, that dovetails into the second point, which is the differences aren't just physical, folks. And if you've been in these stressful situations, if you've been on a team under high stress, really, if you've been in a marriage, you know the truth in this statement. Mentally, psychologically, the differences are even greater. We are different. Men and women are different. And when you try in the military, as we have done for the last 70, 80 years, maybe not quite that long, but when you try and make these co-ed units, it's a disaster. It weakens It weakens the unit cohesiveness, right? Marine Corps did a study back in 2015, and in that study, they tested co-ed units versus all-male units. And for the vast majority, vast majority of of scoring, the all-male units noticeably significantly outperformed the co-ed units. That's not even all-female units, folks. That's just co-ed units. So this, the, the psychological aspect, well, I can go out and find some women that can bust out pull-ups, folks. I promise you. And I can go out and find some women that can bust out some pretty fast times as far as runs and can hammer the crunches, etc. you know, that can make the test. But the bigger deal is that mental, that not physical, that psychological aspect of a co-ed unit, it just, it does exactly what the Marine Corps always hammered into us as officers. Your first responsibility, mission accomplishment. Second one was troop welfare, right? It, it, it weakens the ability of the unit to accomplish the mission. As I said, I, I got way off track there, folks, and I'm sorry. That's a much longer, and we'll come back to it, right? Um, so what I wanted to do, though, and I've got a little bit of time left. I wanted to read something about uh, feminism. <laughs> so this is a paper that was written in 2008, and it was talking about the paradox of declining female happiness. And I'm going to read just a couple paragraphs to y'all, and, and we'll kind of maybe we'll come back and visit this again. By many measures, the progress of women over recent decades has been extraordinary. The gender wage gap has partly closed. Educational attainment has risen and is now surpassing that of men. Women have gained an unprecedented level of control over fertility. Technological change in the form of new domestic appliances has freed women from domestic drudgery. And women's freedoms within both the family and the market sphere have expanded. Blau, another writer, 1998 assessment of objective measures of well, female well-being since 1970, finds that women made enormous gains. Labor force outcomes have improved as women's real wages have risen for all but the least educated women. Women's wages relative to those of men have increased for women of all races and education levels. And female labor force participation has risen, risen to record, record levels, both absolutely and relative to that of men. In turn, better market outcomes for women have likely improved their bargaining position in the home by raising their opportunities outside the marriage. FYI, if you can't tell already, this is completely a secular paper, uh, as far as I can tell reading through it. Uh, and I didn't read the whole thing, but I read a pretty good chunk of it. Uh, no reference to biblical Christian roles at all, so which makes this even more interesting. Yet, 
we in this paper document that measures of women's subjective well-being have fallen both absolutely and relative to that of men. While the expansion in women's opportunities has been extensively studied, the concurrent decline in subjective well-being has largely gone unnoted. One exception to this is Blanche Flower and Oswald from 2004, who study trends in happiness in the United States and Britain, noting that while women report being happier than men, the trend in white women's happiness in the United States has been negative. We will show in this paper that women's happiness has fallen both absolutely and relative to men in a pervasive way among groups, and that this has occurred through much of the industrialized world. You go on to read this paper some more, folks. They uh, make pretty clear that this is across almost every uh, ethnic, socioeconomic background. The happiness of women has declined. If you're interested, this is a paper written by Betsy Stevenson and Justin Wolfers, if I'm uh, from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Social and legal changes have given individuals more autonomy over individual and family decision-making, including rights over marriage, children born out of wedlock, the use of birth control, abortion, and divorce. Once again, men have been able to disproportionately benefit from the increased opportunities. I, I find that ironic benefit. And the argument is made that sexual freedom offered by both the birth control pill resulted in women being pressured into having sex outside of marriage and no bargaining power to force a shotgun marriage in the face of an unwanted pregnancy during this period, there have also been large changes in family life. Divorce rates doubled between the mid-1960s and mid-1970s. And while they have been falling since the late 1970s, the stock of divorced people has continued to grow. We talked about this recently because as the divorce rate has fallen, so too has the marriage rate, which kind of makes it out of whack. As a result of increases in both divorce and out of wedlock childbearing, by age 15, about half of all children in the U.S. are no longer living with both biological parents. In addition to divorce, there's been an increase in the rate of children born out of wedlock that was concentrated in the 1960s and, and early 1990s. These changes, however, have disproportionately impacted non-white women and white women with less education. So the deal is women have more and more opportunity. Some of y'all out there that listen to this podcast, quite a few of you are women. You can kind of make your own comments as to whether you agree with this particular paper or not. Uh, but I think it would be hard to argue not. Uh, you have more opportunities in business, uh, more wage control, all the things that they listed, right? But as that has happened, what's happened to the happiness? It's tanked. So, as you've gotten more opportunities, as, as, as feminism, right, has, has made this these divorce and abortion and got to close the gender pay gap and women. Here's the deal, folks, and I talk about this often in a number of different ways, but feminism doesn't push to make men and women equal. Men and women are equal, and you know that if you have any relationship with God and Jesus Christ and the Bible because God made us equal. He gave us different roles, different responsibilities. Man's the head of the house, right? That's right. Woman is supposed to respect him, submit to him. Yes, that's right. But equally valuable in God's eyes. But what feminism has tried to do is they've tried to make the two words the same or alike, and they're not. 
making two things the same doesn't make them equal. And just because two things are different doesn't mean they're not equal. But that's the game that the left has tried to play. So, look, I, I'm, I'm out of time. I'm going to read one more paragraph, and then I'm going to tell you what spurred all this on real quick. The second possibility is that broad social shifts, such as those brought on to the changing role of women in society, fundamentally alter what measures subjective well-being. Over time, it is likely women are aggregating satisfaction over an increasingly larger domain set, meaning there's more and more things that women are concerned with as their ability, their responsibilities have increased. For example, life satisfaction may have previously meant satisfaction at home and has increasingly come to mean some combination of satisfaction at home and satisfaction at work. This averaging over many domains may lead to falling average satisfaction if it is difficult to achieve the same degree of satisfaction in multiple domains. One piece of evidence along these lines is that the correlation between happiness and marital happiness is lower for women who work compared with those who stay at home. So what they're saying is the more and more you put on your plate, the less happy you are, which makes sense. I'm pretty sure any of y'all that... that Listen to this, but acknowledge that, right? The more we have to deal with, the rougher our lives become. And the last line right there is super interesting, right? They're saying the women who stay at home seem to be more happy as far as their lives are concerned than the ones that go to work outside the home. And that's, of course, that makes sense, right? I've used this analogy before. If you told a man, for example, you got to work two jobs now. You can only give a couple hours to the first job. You've got to give full-time work to the second job, but I expect the same quantity and quality of output from the first job. You'd laugh at them. It'd be a joke, right? But that's exactly what we've done to women. So here's the deal, very quickly at the end. All of this was spurred on by two things that have happened, that have, stories that I've seen. Because this feminism, right, what it really wanted to do was treat men and women as the same. Well, if you pretend that men and women are the same, if you pretend that they're interchangeable, which we've done in the military and police and firefighters, right? Uh, and it's what you see across the board now. Uh, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be exactly the same, not equal, not equal, but the same, right? So in New Jersey, there's a trans woman, quote unquote, or it's really a man that they put in a female facility who got two female inmates pregnant, and they've now had to transfer him back to a male prison, okay? Because men and women are different. You can't just say, oh, I'm a woman now, or oh, I'm a man now, and be that way. It doesn't work. You, you still have, we've talked about this recently, you still have either XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes, with the exception of chromosome disorders, which is why they're called disorders, right? And the other story is, if you don't know it, and especially for you, I, I'm just fascinated by, by this. There's so many women out there that are pushing this LGBTQ movement, right? And so the NCAA, the board that controls the NCAA just voted as quote-unquote woman of the year, Leah Thomas. If you don't know that, Leah Thomas is a man, the swimmer from Penn State. I think it's Penn State. So <laughs> if you're a woman and you like sports or you played sports in your career, you now have as Woman of the Year nominee a man. I, I don't even know. We could talk about that for a long time. I've talked about it. My wife and I have talked about it. It gets her pretty fired up. You literally, we're, we're taking sports away. You will not be able to play sports as a woman five to ten years down the road if we continue down this path because men are going to come in and take it all, and you're seeing it already. So 
I, I'm, I got to close here, folks. We're running out of time and I want to let y'all go on time. We'll come back and talk about this again more. But are we really better off as a nation or even as women 70 years down the road due to feminism? It sure doesn't look like it, folks. And it's shocking. What happened? We kicked God out. We threw out his roles and responsibilities for men and women. And now we're not happier. Who could have thunk it? God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it, folks. Always do.